Let's review. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful day, August 17th, 2021, on the Libertyverse, where we care and defend liberty. I changed the name of the podcast. I like this one better. Let me know what you think of it. And I'd like to discuss things with you. But the only way I can do that, I can't do it on a Spotify podcast or a Stitcher podcast or wherever you're getting this. But I can on social media. So you can follow me on Facebook under Renowned Reviewer, and also I have a Libertyverse page. And you can also join the Libertyverse group. You can follow me on YouTube, you can follow my Spotify channel, and you can tweet at me. Let me know what you think of this podcast. Afghanistan has been all over the news this week, for good reason. What do you think? I want to hear it. What should we do? Because this really sparks, in a lot of ways, a deeper debate in terms of, well, when should the U.S. go to war? And along with that, when should the U.S. military end a war? What circumstances lead to that? When is it okay to drop bombs and when is it okay to leave? Everyone's too afraid of this being another Vietnam, of us having another loss that's forever demoralizing. Rick Santorum tweeted yesterday on the 16th at 5.34 p.m. Biden is to blame. I'm not going to do his voice. Biden is to blame for the disaster in Afghanistan, but Trump's decision to negotiate a withdrawal with the Taliban set the stage for it. Biden has unwisely reversed every Trump foreign policy success, Iran, border, Cuba, Middle East, etc., and followed through with the only mistake. Do you agree with Rick Santorum? I don't know who takes him seriously at this point. I do. I, I actually like the guy. Well, I say I take him seriously. I It's not that I like him, but I don't take his political opinions seriously. I'm a libertarian. He's a conservative that is just establishment. The conservatives who I do take seriously are not establishment. They're people that do care about liberty and freedom and have actual interesting new ideas, which Rick Santorum does not. To me, we have to leave Afghanistan to just stay and spend in lives, blood, money. Why did we go to begin with? We were there for a while. This is only a few years when we discovered a vein of lithium. Were we there because of that? Now, theoretically, we were there to go after Osama bin Laden, who perpetrated the 9-11 attacks. But keep in mind, we before... Bin Laden was our enemy. He was our ally. We paid him money to take on the Soviets in Afghanistan. Now, people's allies and countries, allies and enemies change. I understand that. That's reasonable. But is it okay to get involved and then watch your enemy turn from your ally to your enemy? And then watch someone turn from your ally to your enemy? Shouldn't it make you ask some questions about the whole process? It should. We should care about that. We should care about where our tax dollars go. 
or theft dollars if you prefer. But see, it's important to think about the long game anytime you buddy up with somebody. Can I depend on this person? And think about this. You do this in your own personal relationships. Are you just going to hand out money to people? No, you'd like to know who they are. Are you? Would you trust anyone with your child or with something else precious to you? No. It's important to know who they are if they're trustworthy. So we're giving guns and money to these rebels and to these resistance fighters. And then we're shocked whenever they use it against us or against our friends. This is from, um, I was going to make a joke, but rather than saying what I was going to say, Communist News Network, I'm just going to say CNN, the latest on Afghanistan. This is written by, oh, a list of people. Adida, I hope I'm saying that okay. Sangal, Carl Fox, Joshua Berlinger, Brad Linden, Melissa Makaya, Makaya, I think, Melissa Matani, and Meg Wagner from CNN. This was updated today, just about 10 minutes ago, 12 minutes ago. Taliban pledge no violence against women, but say international community should respect our core values. Taliban spokesperson Zabihullah Mujahid said Tuesday that there would be no violence against women in Afghanistan and assured members of the international community that they should not be concerned on this matter, but added that they should respect the, Cal- the Taliban's core values on women. Talking about the rights of women is a change in approach from how the Taliban has approached the issue previously. However, Taliban officials did not go into detail, so the reality of what that will look like remains to be seen. The Islamic religion does not have a great record on this. Christians have been taught, they are taught in their canon, in their holy book, the Bible, to love one another, especially in the New Testament. But we see it in the Old Testament, too. God has always been a God of love, Yahweh, the Lord that we worship. So has the record been a little bit better for Christians, especially in the past, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 years? It's gotten better and better and better for sure. Um, I think it was in the 70s when women were first allowed to open up a credit card. But the thing is, the good thing about Western culture and the Christian religion that ties into it, Judeo-Christian values, is the understanding that men and women are different, but especially recently, equal. So it's hard, and I had a discussion about this with my co-host, by the way, a different podcast I have, Zoo Nation, you can listen to Nathan and I talk. Unfortunately, we're trying to give Western values to people that just don't want it, in most cases. Now, of course, there are people of the Islamic faith, this isn't having to do with Islam, this is having to do with the Taliban, but they just don't want to change. They just don't want to have Western values and freedom and things like democracy, even though I'm not in favor of democracy, I'm in favor of liberty and freedom. I don't mind being called anti-democratic, although it sound, it seems to imply some things that I don't believe. But see, they are anti-democratic in that they're also anti-freedom. They would prefer things like an oligarchy, which I know I'm using oligarchy like Bernie Sanders uses oligarchy, but we don't mean the same thing. I'll go into that in my YouTube channel at some point. Our sisters and mothers, as has been said in Sharia law, back to the article, 
which is our value. Women are an important part of society. Muhajid said today during a televised press conference from Kabul, there will be no violence against women, no discrimination against women within the framework of Islamic law, he continued, adding that the Taliban will guarantee all their rights within the limits of Islam. So notice, within the limits of Islam, but also, this is them saying this. There will be no discrimination against women. So maybe, oh, we're not discriminating against you because you're a woman. It's because of reasons that we don't want to go into. Now, again, this is not a Muslim thing. We're talking about the Taliban this morning. There are Muslim people. I've met Muslim people that would not act or behave in this way. Of course, of course. I'm not making a blanket statement that way. This is a concern in Afghanistan, though. The New York Times. Taliban promised no reprisal killings, but Afghans are desperate to escape. A surge of U.S. troops restored order inside Kabul's international airport a day after Afghans mobbed the runway in a frantic attempt to flee. President Biden defended his decision to pull out all American forces. As pressure mounted on the Biden administration to do more to evacuate thousands of Afghan allies feeling for their, fearing for their lives, the Taliban on Tuesday sought to present themselves as responsible stewards of Afghanistan. But with both the Biden administration and the Taliban promising to offer protection, for millions of Afghans, the future promised only more uncertainty. While the U.S. military on Tuesday restored order within Kabul's international airport, it was unclear whether Afghans could make it there. Despite assurances of safe passage, the Taliban are not only known to operate with brutality, but also have a dismal history of managing a vast nation largely dependent on foreign aid. Yeah, no, no crap. Of course that's true. It's really sad to see because on the one hand, let me rephrase. The solution is simple. Get out and get out quickly. And unfortunately, as harsh as it may sound, Afghanistan's not going to get better until the people decide. You got to think. America, a lot of the things that have happened in America didn't change until we fended for ourselves against the crown. Now, did we have help? Did we have allies? Did France help the United States or the, the colonists is really what they were back in the American Revolution? Uh, France helped, yes. Spain helped, yes. Hugely, they, especially money-wise, but also with things like weapons and troops, yes. Because in their mind, the enemy of their enemy was their friend. The colonists were revolting from Britain. They wanted to weaken Britain. Therefore, they helped the American colonists. But the thing is, and a lot you have to think, the heavy lifting was done by American colonists, the Continental Army. And until there is a Continental Army, until there is an uprising among the Afghans, the Taliban's power is not going anywhere. Think about it this way. This is what I've been saying to friends. We've had four administrations, barely the fourth one, but still the fourth one's been there. Four administrations run this Afghan conflict. The Bush administration, hardcore hawks, all about the surge, support our troops, may God bless America right after 9-11, we're going after these terrorists. And again, and I can understand that completely. Someone needed to go after the people that attacked this country. I get that. You don't want to just take a blow and not fight back as people that leave this country. But I, as a Christian, 
believe in self-defense, but I also believe in following what Jesus says and turning the other cheek. And that gets complicated, but I do believe that. When it comes to a country, it is reasonable to say we have to go after the people that attacked the Twin Towers where 3,000 Americans died. Oh, I, that's without question. I completely understand that. Do it. So the Bush did that, but then they also go into Iraq and then they stay in Afghanistan and just stay and stay and stay. And then the Obama administration comes, which in ways was about war and, and hawk-like, but was also a lot about backing down and saying we were going to go do this and then not doing it. For instance, in things like Syria, the Syria situation, drawing the red line and then Syria does it and then Obama does nothing. Things like that. Then you have Trump, which is not neocon, but still pretty warlike and strong, but in ways is similar to Obama, except with the backing down and bowing. Trump's a bit more of a big, blustering person, like, you're not going to do this, you're going to be met with fire and fury. Then you have Biden, which is in a lot of ways like Obama, from what we can see so far. I mean, I'm sure Obama's a huge advisor in that administration, and Harris is doing a lot of the lifting, too. So you have four administrations, and the war in Afghanistan has not been one still. It just goes on and on and on. Four very different administrations. I got to tell you, if you've got four keys on your king ring and you walk up to your front door and you try all four that you have and you can't unlock that door, you need to go find another key. So maybe the key here, folks, is to get out of Afghanistan and spend less money, less time, less lives on a war that we really cannot fight and win. Consider that. And I want to hear your thoughts. Let me know what you think. But do you agree with Santorum about how Trump really messed this up? It's just that Biden followed through on it. This is an interesting tweet, though, as a thing. Because you're seeing Trump's out of office. He's still a big influencer, but he's out of office. And certain parts of the Republican Party are going to attack itself. I have to tell you, the left and the right are not united with with themselves. That's what I'm talking about, not with each other, obviously. But the left is not united, and neither is the right. I will give the caveat in ways they are. Are you pro-life? Most people on the right will say yes. Are you pro-choice? Most people on the left will say yes. Do you tend to favor a bigger form of government? Now, some progressives will say, like Chank Uger, I don't know, it depends on the part of the government, that depends on the problem. But overall, the spending tends to go up domestically on the right. Do you support the troops? Do you support the police? Do you support things like a neocon war state? A lot of people on the right are going to say yes. Now, of course, there's exceptions to everything that I'm saying. But there is unity too. However, there is division like I'm trying to get at. There are Republicans that are not pro-warfare state. And there's Republicans that are also very much okay with big government as long as it's used correctly. But there are also Republicans and conservatives that are not, that are pro-limited government, that want the Constitution to be the law of the land. They're really constitutionalists, but they're not in the Constitution Party. They're in the Republican Party. And then you've got Democrats, people from uh, Bernie Sanders, a Rashid Tlaib, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Hassan Piker, Nina Tucker, or Nina Turner, actually, I think is what it is. I'm sorry. But then you've got other people, people like Joe Biden, 
Barack Obama and Kamala Harris and people that are not like that. I, I just think of there's a, a few people, one in the same one of the I want to say one of the people's names. I think it was a governor named Bullock. Right. And the uh, John Delaney type. You've got a lot of different kinds of Democrats, even a Bill de Blasio in a way is he's more of a Obama type, I would say. But the thing is, the Obama wing and the really progressive, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Hassan Piker wing, look different. But in a way, when you drink that cup of coffee, one's got a little bit more sugar than the other. That's really all it is. They're very close to the same thing. They both want the same thing. It's just that they have different ideas of how to get there in my book. So because the left is not really united with itself, and because the right is not really united with, this, with itself, as I said in the last episode, or my first episode really, when I was giving some predictions or some ideas in how I said the future is going to be very interesting, this is why. Are we going to keep having people like Rick Santorum and Trump snipe at, snipe at each other? The only difference is Trump can't really reply right now because he doesn't have a Twitter account. He can put out statements and then have it put on Telegram or put on his website somehow or through Mike Lindell, whenever Mike Lindell can get on Fox, or he can talk about it whenever he goes on Fox, on Hannity's show, things like that, or if he goes on a radio show, sure. But he can't post electronically very well. He doesn't have that many outlets, especially not Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So it's going to be hard to say who's going to unite with who, what kind of arguments and debates we're going to see. Now, this has all been the two-party system. Let's get into some more interesting stuff. For liberty, for real freedom, for tax cuts, for a shrinking of the state, for real freedom, no more of this, oh, because you get a lot of votes, you're therefore popular and can do whatever you want to do. If you want to put your brother-in-law or your father-in-law in charge of this, nepotism's okay. We're okay with that. Getting rid of that whole deep state, swamp, whatever you want to call it bureaucracy, incompetence, how is that going to materialize? Is it going to be through the likes of Josh Hawley or Governor DeSantis? Think about Trump. Trump, for all his talk of draining the swamp, still, if you're a Trumpist, was deposed and lost the last election. What happened there? Drain the swamp and the swamp still gets rid of him? What did he change? Now, of course, there were things that he did. I myself considered voting for him. I ended up not doing so in 2020 because my political beliefs had changed from 2016. I used to be a conservative. I voted for him in 2016. But there's only so much you can do in four years. And I like the meme. You've probably seen it. Don't worry so much about who's in this house, the White House, for four years. Worry more about who's in this house, Congress, both houses, both yeah, houses of Congress for 20 to 30 to 50 years. And that's exactly right. Look at Pelosi. Look at Mitch McConnell. Look at Lindsey Graham. These are the people that need to get out. These are the real problem. Government is the real problem, not just the president. Now, that said, who the president is matters because in a lot of ways, they're a thought leader that leads the country the direction they want it to go. The Republicans did what Trump wanted most for the most part. The Democrats did what Obama wanted for the most part during his administration. So it's important, but it's not everything. And the thing is, if we had President Biden right now, but had swept Congress in 2020, 
we, I, I think, generally, people don't like freedom. We wouldn't be in the situation we're in. It's because of the way people voted. And in their mind, again, president is more important than Congress, which is not true. I wouldn't vote for Lindsey Graham. He would have to change and change for a long time for me to believe that he's going to keep any of his promises. He's not really pro-gun. He's pro-red flag laws. He pretends to be conservative. I love what I heard this one individual talking recently and said, Republicans run and campaign like libertarians and then govern like Democrats. And I don't, those words need to be framed and hung on a wall because that's exactly right. It's so true. And I'm this close to not ever voting for the Republican Party again. I'm not quite there. I, I will vote for, I'll vote in the primary anyway for who I can try to forward. Honestly, I want a quiet person like Calvin Coolidge who's very conservative like Ron Paul. That's who I want. Very conservative libertarian, you know, kind of a mixture. But Ron Paul's very libertarian. But someone that's a mixture I'll go for. Let me know what you think. Who do you want in office? What do you think is going to happen in the future? Tweet at me. Follow me on Instagram. I have a lot of engagement on there too. You can find me, Josh Ness, renowned reviewer on Instagram. And you should be able to see my links here on Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're following me. There should be links and just the titles, like the names of the social media accounts should be there too. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace and victory.